Okay, we'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for April 13th, 2008. And today we're going to be discussing the new blasphemous movie that has just come out called Bloodline and how that movie relates to the Da Vinci Code and Holy Blood, Holy Grail and all of these other heresies that have come out particularly in the last 25 years, but have really grown to a fever's pitch recently, that are all attacking the story of the Lord Jesus Christ, the bloodline of the Lord Jesus Christ, the credibility, the whole thing. This movie, which actually premiered April 9th in um, New York, I'm, I'm actually looking at right now the cutaway of the actual uh, uh, picture right off their website. And it says in, the, in this picture, it says, A discovery that could prove to be one of the most explosive and controversial of the century. This is from Elizabeth Sneed of the Los Angeles Times. Okay, so this is a discovery that's earth-shaking here. And then another one from some source called Stargate. And it says, what is the chance that the tomb holds the body of the child of Jesus and Mary Magdalene, and that Mary Magdalene is buried in Jerusalem in a recently discovered tomb of Jesus? And then under that, the main thing, the main theme of this whole movie is that, what if the greatest story ever told was a lie? Meaning Jesus Christ. Okay. And again, we're going into the end times. The Bible says evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. It said that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. And regarding the end times, it said that evil men and seducers are going to wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. All these things, that in the end times, people would give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their consciences seared with a hot iron, 1 Timothy 4.1, that God is going to be the one that sends this strong delusion, that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth, 2 uh, Thessalonians chapter 2. So we should be expecting these things. Okay, this isn't. This shouldn't be something that gets us down or, or causes us to lose faith. It will cause a shaking, because the Bible says that our, our faith will be tried. It says that over and over again, uh, in regard to the you know the trial of our faith, which was which is more precious than gold. It talks about this in Revelation chapter three about the Laodicean church era. You know, I counsel thee to buy me um, gold that's tried in the fire and these types of things. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. So this is something we should be expecting. This is why you have to make sure that your anchor is in the solid rock of Jesus Christ. And His Word. Which is the King James Bible. Because if you don't have that faith, and if your faith isn't grounded in the Word of God, you will not be able to withstand the onslaught of deception that is not only here, but that is coming. Because if you think it's bad now, you've not seen anything yet. Because it's going to get worse. Really, as Christians, this should actually get us fired up. Because we know the end times 
are upon us and that are near. We know this deception's upon us. And hey, Bible predicted it was going to happen. Now, in this particular little cutaway here, it shows a picture, a stained glass picture. This is a very famous picture. They'll keep showing you this over and over again. Of some church, I believe it's in Europe, and it's a stained glass picture of Jesus, this long-haired, hippie Jesus that's portrayed by the Catholic Church, and we've done whole studies on that, with the whole Egyptian sun disk halo thing around his head, which is the Egyptian sun disk, which is paganism. Okay, That doesn't mean it's a good thing when you see that halo thing. And then he's next to Mary Magdalene. A Mary Magdalene that looks as though she's pregnant with child. And they're holding hands. And this is the whole, what if the greatest story that was ever told was a lie thing comes into play. They're telegraphing this to you through this picture. And the movie's called Bloodline. Now this is from an, a recent article that uh, Cutting Edge put out in regard to this that I'll be quoting from here. So, in April 9th, in New York, another documentary picture is going to start showing in movie theaters designed to sow doubt in people's mind that Jesus was truly divine and that he remained unmarried until his death. This movie even goes so far as to call the facts of Jesus a lie. As we shall demonstrate, the peoples of the world need to become convinced in vast numbers that Jesus Christ claims to be God and to be unique Savior of the world before the Antichrist can arise. See, we cannot have, in order to have a one world religion under Antichrist, we cannot have this exclusive claim by Jesus Christ saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We can't have that. That's exclusivity. We need to have a one-world religion where there's many, many, many paths to God. Well, the Bible clearly predicts that broad is the way which leads to destruction, and many there be that go thereat. Narrow is the way which leads to life eternal, and few there be that find it. And that's through Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. But we can't have that for a one-world religion. So what we've got is this onslaught from all these different angles now, whether it be in the media, or whether it be in movies, or in print format, or in the newspaper, or magazines, or on the airwaves, or in satellite, we've got to have this mega onslaught against Jesus Christ to disprove him, so that there's enough momentum for the Antichrist to actually make his appearance. Now remember, God is permitting this to happen. The Lord Jesus Christ, who sits on the throne, ever making intercession for the saints, that sits on the right hand of God the Father Almighty, is fully in control of the situation. Okay, He said he was going to permit it to happen. So I'm not doing these studies to go up here to get everybody down and, and, to, and to get their faith in the dirt. Again, this should fire you up, not get you down. Because it's fulfillment of Scripture. If we continue with this, it says, Therefore this movie continues a line of recent books and, and or videos which tries to cast doubt on Jesus on one hand while advancing the cause of Antichrist on the other. Now you'll notice this is a common theme of what I tend to speak on week to week. Mostly, when we're talking about current event issues, the reason I'm relaying this information to you is to show you how this is perfectly fulfilling scripture, but also how the Antichrist and how the forces of evil are using these things in order to bring about his appearance. 
Since the movie documentary, um, well, he's at this at the time of this writing, it wasn't out yet, but it is now. Uh, I relied upon the official website, including their trailer, for the information which I based this analysis on. And you can see this information and read it for yourself at their official website. It's just do a keyword search for Bloodline Movie if you want to go up to this website. It's an extensive website. Much more extensive than anything I've ever seen in regard to this type of information. They have actually got several different categories, probably about ten, for every these little niche things that are part of the movie. You can click on one of those links, and then it has another series of interviews about that particular thing. And they're interviewing all these these uh, people that are supposedly experts, whether they're in what they call the Priory de Zion, or an expert on Lorraine Chateau, or, or whatever, Holy Blood, Holy Grail. And you're actually seeing interviews of the guy that produced this movie with these people. And they've got their own little niche doctrine or niche thing that they've studied that they're supposedly experts on. And if you look at the, their body of research, especially if you don't know the Bible, especially if you're not aware of the end time deception and delusion that's clearly upon us, I mean, it looks pretty impressive. I mean, I went up there and it, it didn't shake my faith one bit. But they're going through a tremendous amount of trouble in order to brainwash people. I guess is the point I'm trying to make. So, the story of this documentary is distressingly similar to the Da Vinci Code. Okay? Which sought to prove that Jesus did not really die, but escaped from the tomb, got into the village, and then married Mary Magdalene, and had children by her. Then, as the Christian church was exploding in popularity, Jesus was killed, forcing Mary Magdalene to flee, with her friend's help, What is to, which with to what is today called Normandy, France. Mary was pregnant at the time she fled and delivered a baby girl shortly after arriving in Normandy. In due time, the daughter of Mary and Jesus married a Merovingian prince, thus supposedly linking the bloodline of the Merovingian family to Jesus Christ. You see how this works? Now, this story, sometimes it's, it's that Mary had a, could have a boy, sometimes it's a girl. You know, you never know what you're going to quite get. The lie is still the same, though. The, the, the basic premise of this Merovingian bloodline is that it's this royal bloodline that is continued up, and it's one of the supposed families of the 13 families of the Illuminati. In this way, they say they can trace their bloodline and their lineage back to Jesus Christ. Now, if they can trace it back to Jesus Christ, you know what that also means? They can trace it back to King David. Because if you go to Matthew 1 and read the lineage of Jesus Christ, he's in the direct lineage of, of King David. And that means a lot to them. And we're going to talk about that more in a second. Now, this movie is based on the evidence supplied to them by this secret occult group called the Priory de Zion, who has supposedly for centuries um, held the secret information proving that Jesus was never crucified, and he had a child with Mary Magdalene. They even claim that they actually um, have the body of Jesus Christ, and Mary, and I believe the child that they bore. This is the big secret. The deception that's coming is going to be so unbelievable, and so faith-shaking, particularly if you're not aware of what I'm talking about. 
that you really, you really do need to know these things in order to equip yourself for the delusion. Because most likely, you're going to have your friends or, or, or family members and these types of people coming out of the woodwork, getting in your face when all of this goes down and saying, Oh yeah, what's this, Mr. Christian? How do you explain this? And this is why the Bible talks about less, um, that we don't want to be ignorant of Satan's devices lest he get an advantage of us. Okay, and this is a big reason, again, I'm doing this to warn these people. We don't want to be destroyed for lack of knowledge, according to Hosea 4.6. We want to be aware of Satan's devices. We want to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but to rather reprove them. So this is one of the ways that, that um, my calling is to try to equip you for this. Now, in this wonderful trailer that I watched, and... and um, that you can go up there and they have a little trailer. This wonderful little blasphemous trailer that they've got, they portray these people that are trying to bring this information out in this movie as these bastions of truth who are heroes because they're in constant danger of being murdered for bringing forth this truth. That's the overwhelming thing you get from the trailer. It's this secret that the church can't let get out. These evil supposed Christians are going to kill these people that are trying to bring out this truth and all they are, these, these wonderful pagans in the occult trying to just, you know, destroy, uh, trying to totally discredit the story of Jesus Christ. That's all they're trying to do. And their life is at big time risk because they're, they're, they're going above and beyond to try to bring this truth forth. Okay? And... It, in the trailer, they're interviewing all these people, and they keep cutting away because they'll ask them a particular question. They're like, "I can't talk about that here. I can't, you know, like, oh, their their lives are in such danger. They're doing this wonderful work, and they're putting their, their necks on the line for this whole thing." It's actually brilliant psychology because people would look at it and say, "Yeah, I wonder why, you know, that the church wouldn't want us to know this." You know, it's like, it's like it's totally hanging the carrot out there, you know, in, in, uh, in front of you. For the average person, particularly if they're, not, if they're not educated on this issue. So, this is what they're claiming here. Now, why is this storyline so important? It is important, partly, because the Antichrist must prove his lineage back to King David. If he is to convince the Jews in particular... And the other peoples, particularly, I'm sure the Christian Zionists would want this too, if he's to convince the Jews and the other peoples of the world that he is the Jewish Messiah as well. Because remember, he's going to have to come and, and be you know, the Jewish Messiah in order for them to confirm the covenant for seven years. They're going to have to be convinced of this. Now, where do we turn to in the Bible where we can prove this? Well, a couple verses, there's, there's several, but a couple verses, one would be Psalm 132, verse 11, that says, The Lord has sworn in truth unto David, he will not turn from it, of the fruit of thy body will I set upon thy throne. And then we have John 7, 42, it says, Hath not the scripture said that Christ cometh of the seed of David? And out of the town of Bethlehem where David was. Now, we already know Jesus already fulfilled all this. Okay? But remember, the Jews who have been blinded until the fullness of the Gentile come in, blinded in part until the fullness of the Gentile come in, they have not seen this. 
Okay? So they're still looking for the Christ to come. And guaranteed, when the Antichrist comes, he is going to try to fulfill all of this to the letter. So that they can actually say, oh yes, he is the prophesied one. He is the Christ. We do trust him. We're going to confirm this covenant for a week. We're going to rebuild the temple. And if, if you doubt that they're going to rebuild the temple, well, you need to go up online and do a little keyword search. It's called the Temple Institute. This is a whole group of Jews, Sanhedrin-type, pharisaical, sadducical-type Jews, that are already doing this. I'm on their email list. I get an email from them once a week. So I can keep abreast of what's going on. You know what they just did? They just had a, um, a mock Passover sacrifice of a lamb. They really sacrificed the lamb. Now, it wasn't in the strict Levitical sense because they didn't have like the temple to really, really do it the right way. But they did what they call, it was kind of for educational purposes. But they actually did do this. And there was all kind of... Uh, in, uh, animal activist groups protesting it. It was a big deal, you know. I put out, I put a little blip of this on one of my emails. They've already made the priestly garments, remember the garments that were, that were talked about in the Old Testament, without seam, they actually didn't have seams in them, they've actually figured out a way to do that. They've got so much of what they already need right now. They had this big thing they had a couple months ago, where they had the um, seven candle menorah, where they actually, it was made out of one piece of, of like pure gold type of thing. They actually made that. And they actually, they actually uh, had a uh, procession through the city of Jerusalem. Where they had this thing in glass. And they proceeded it all the way through Jerusalem. I'm telling you, they are getting ready for this. So, this is happening. Yeah, Doug just asked me if the Sanhedrin were back together. And yes, they are. The Sanhedrin is an official group now formed. And really, most of this is being coordinated, from what I can gather, through this, it's called the Temple Institute. And you can go up on, on their site. I mean, they've got right now the, the whole breeding programs for the... For the um, the spotted red... or the, the red heifer. That can't, you know, has to be a perfect red heifer. For the ashes of the red heifer and the whole temple dedication, the whole nine yards... Every aspect of them going back to the Old Testament Levitical sacrificial system, every aspect and detail is being covered. So, that's already in the works. So I said, I really believe that when World War III happens, one of the first things that they're going to most likely do is blow that Dome of the Rock off the Temple Mount, that Muslim Dome of the Rock, so that they can actually rebuild the Temple and obviously, that by itself could spike World War III, because that's the third most holiest site in the Muslim world. So, you know, that's like a powder keg anyway, over there in Jerusalem. So, it's important, because the Antichrist must prove his lineage back to King David, if he is to convince the Jews and the other peoples of the world that he is the Jewish Messiah. Old Testament prophecy clearly states, the Messiah will come from the house of David, which is why... The Bible contains Matthew chapter 1, which proves the lineage of Jesus Christ back to King David. Yet one other scriptural proof that a Jew tends to totally ignore. Okay, now I'm not judging the Jews are coming down on them hard. Just being factual here. We know that the Antichrist somehow will have to be able to prove his lineage back to David. 
since the same royalty from Europe and Great Britain, since the same royalty from Europe and Great Britain can prove their lineage back to the Merovingian family, since some of them, I should say, not all, because there's more than one bloodline, but some of them can supposedly prove their lineage back to Merovingians, if the people of the world can be convinced of the Merovingian bloodline lie, then the Antichrist can prove his lineage back to King David. This prophetic reality is the real reason the Da Vinci Code is a critically important lie in regard to the end times. So see, these issues, although they may seem like science fiction to some, this is real, this is really happening, and there's reasons that Hollywood would be going through all this trouble to bring out these movies done in very, very incredibly professional ways with very, very, very high dollar budgets. They're not doing it because there's no benefit. Um, so, as far as bloodline, what if the greatest story ever told is a lie? This subtitle tells us all we need to know is, uh, as Christians about the documentary. It repeats the lie that Jesus and Mary Magdalene had children. They're saying at least three. But it introduces some new material. It seems to focus on Mary. Did you have some? Okay. It seems to focus on Mary, revealing that her grave may have been discovered in Jerusalem recently, and in so-called in the so-called tomb of Jesus. This documentary does not offer any solid proof, though, but relies upon such lines as, although they offered no proof, and what if, and could be. And it's very possible... Well, I watched the trailer and I watched a lot of these interviews. And like, it's like the ultimate kind of bait and switch. Like, they're interviewing these people that really don't have any solid proof. Of course, you know what? Don't rely on that either. Because I guarantee you, in the movie, what they're doing... Like, they had this one box and they opened it and they didn't show you what was in it. You know what I mean? And then this one box they opened and they pulled out this big silver chalice. Oh, was this the, the Holy Grail that they used at the Last Supper? Or something like that. You know what I mean? Like they were there and they could prove it anyway. I mean, come on! Give me a break! How could you, how could you be totally dogmatic about any of this stuff? And that's why it's a big what-if, could-be type of thing. Because that's all they've really got. Now, at some point, and within the movie because I haven't seen it, they are going to come forth and say, listen, we have DNA proof, or we have totally irrefutable proof that we've just been lied to. And then what's going to happen is people like Oprah and all these other ones that are indoctrinating us into the New Age thing are going to say, see, we told you so. I will almost guarantee you that the ones that are going to be the most highly vindicated when this deception comes to a head are going to be the New Agers. More than any other religion... I really believe the New Agers are going to be the ones that are most vindicated. Because they're going to be able to appoint to their ascended masters, or Lord Betray and all these other people, and say, see, we were following them all along. You dumb Christians didn't have a clue. You were the ones that were actually deceived. See, we have the actual proof. See, he's actually here. Or we actually have DNA proof. Or we can actually point to one of these people. Where is your Jesus that you supposedly say you worship? Why, if he's so all-powerful, and God sits on the throne, where's he at? Why isn't he intervening? Why is he letting this deception happen? But again, remember, the Bible clearly predicts it was going to be happening. And see, the thing is, is faith is the substance of things hoped for, 
and the evidence of things not seen. So see, that's what faith is. When something physically manifests and happens, there's no more faith involved. It's just, okay, I see it and you know, I believe it. But see, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And our faith is going to be tested and tried. This is just the beginning. Our faith is going to be tested and tried. But see, if you already know this information, now, and you're prepared for this, then you're going to be so much more prepared, and it's really not going to, God's not going to have to test and try your faith near as much. Because you're already going to be aware of the information. Again, this is why I'm trying to equip people. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Remember that verse as well. So we have to have faith in order to please God. Faith is going to be tested. It's going to be tried. God's going to shake everything that can be shaken to see what manner, you know, of person that you really are. Is your, have you built your house upon the rock of Christ Jesus? And the word of God in particular. Remember, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you're reading a perverted Bible that spawned itself from the 1881 Westcott and Hort Revised Version Bible, which is basically from two Catholic manuscripts, the Sinaiticanus and the Vaticanus, which can trace its lineage back to Alexandria, Egypt, if you have those types of Bibles, how can your faith be built up if that's what you're reading, if that's what you're putting into your, your spirit, essentially? Read a King James Bible which is from a totally different line of Bibles, from the majority text, the Byzantine text, which can actually trace its roots back to Antioch, which is where they were first called Christians. And I have a whole um, Word document I can email you if you want to email me, and I'll give it to you on this particular subject. Okay, it's very, very important what Bible you're reading, particularly going into the end times we're living in, and what type of Bible and verses that you're trying to memorize. Because remember, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. If you're reading a corrupt Word, it's going to corrupt you. Okay? Or leaven you to a certain extent. So it's very important you're memorizing the right type of Scripture so that your faith is actually built up. Yeah, Doug just brought up another really good point that's worth reiterating here. It's very, very important for these people. Would you say it was the Rockefellers? the Rockefellers and, and these people that support these types of things, to actually find what they're going to say is the blood of Jesus Christ. Because if they can prove or say, okay, listen, we've got the, either the DNA or the blood of Jesus Christ, and then they can go and supposedly check the Antichrist or these other people in high positions that are in these Merovingian bloodlines and say, hey, listen, see, it's of the same genetic, same blood type of deal. That is going to strengthen and bolster their argument all the more. Okay, and, and so that's one of the main uh, deceptions that they're going to try to use in order to deceive us. They're going to try to use genetic proof. And then, could you imagine if they did this, if they actually had this blood matching up with the blood or the, or the DNA on the Shroud of Turin. Now, I've done a whole study, I've done a whole teaching on the Shroud of Turin that you may want to, because that's so easily biblically debunked. Um, from a biblical standpoint, even from a historical standpoint. But if you had all these things lining up, and, and remember, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, the thing is established. Well, what if the New World Order guys come across and say, hey, well, listen, how about the mouth of 50 or 100 witnesses? They're going to try to confirm this in all these different ways. And again, it's really about shaking your faith and about turning people to the Antichrist. 
turning people away from the truth so that they embrace the lie, the strong delusion that's coming. Now remember, the Bible says, here's another thing about truth. If you, Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So it's again, one of the ways to keep us away from deception is reading the word of God, because inherently by reading the word of God, you are going to know the truth. God, the Holy Spirit can guide you to the truth. So you don't want to get too caught up in, in, like everything that I'm doing today is all well and good, but primarily where you want to be spending your time is in the Word of God, in prayer, you know, holy living, living the Bible out in your life. These are things to be made aware of, but we don't want to dwell on them 24-7. Now, in this Bloodline website, this prior design, they keep reiterating, this is another interesting point, they keep reiterating that a coming apocalyptic event would be closely tied to the truth coming out about Jesus and Mary. Oh, imagine that. Now, I've said this scenario before. I'll reiterate it once again. What if, in the very near future, World War III breaks out in the Middle East, which we know it's going to happen at some point. The occultists have been predicting this all, all the way back to basically uh, Madame Blavatsky, Aleister Crowley, Albert Pike. I mean, over 100 years. Coming World War III where we have, most likely, American Israel going against a lot of these other countries. This could also figure into the whole Gog-Magog thing. I don't have time to get into that today. And out of the ashes of World War III, now Cutting Edge is saying it's going to be a 91-day war. Um, they've got reasons that they, they say that. I, I'm not going to be dogmatic either way about that, but... Let's say out of the ashes of World War III, then we have this Antichrist that arises. And at that point, the world is going to be in such fear and, and economic turmoil and political turmoil that people are going to be crying for some Savior to come and just make everything right. Hey, we don't care what happens. We don't care if we have to have a one-world government, one-world political system, one-world currency, you know, one-world economy. Just make it go away because we've got all this carnage going on, let's say it might be in conjunction with an avion flu outbreak. Can you imagine that? And I've talked about that in recent times. More more chaos added to the mix. See, they want to traumatize us maximally so that we will be more receptive when the Antichrist makes his arrival. And then all of a sudden we have the Antichrist come with all of his ascended masters, most likely Lord Maitreya. And I've done whole studies on this. Okay? And he comes and he has all the answers. And he can trace his lineage back to David. And supposedly he has the DNA proof to do it. And he comes with all lying signs and wonders. Which is how the Bible says the Antichrist is going to deceive people. And he goes to Israel and he goes to the Middle East. And he says, hey listen guys, I can get us all on the same page. I have the answer. I can, I can do this. Let's make this covenant. And he confirms the covenant particularly with Israel for a week, which is seven years. You can go to Daniel 9 to talk, see about that. And he's, all of this is going down at the same time. I'm telling you, the, the deception is going to be unbelievable. And then at the same time, this apocalyptic event, this supposed truth that's going to come out regarding Jesus and Mary Magdalene and this bloodline. And I'm telling you, what all the New Agers and all the occultists are saying is that Jesus is just an, another ascended master. That's, I've done whole, again, I've done whole studies where we've talked about this. He's just another good 
ascended master, his doctrines got distorted somewhere along the way because that mean old church did it. They totally perverted his teachings. The Bible is really, there's some truth in it, but it's mostly a lot of lies in order to keep people suppressed, in order to keep people in religious bondage. Now, from a Catholic standpoint, I would agree. But from the true word of God standpoint, I don't agree. But see, what the occultists love to do is lump true Bible-believing Christians in with the Catholics. They love to just make no distinction whatsoever. They're classic for doing this. They do it all the time. See, those terrible Christians, they killed us, you know, they, they killed us by the millions. We know one of the main people that the Catholics were killing were true Bible-believing Christians. They weren't killing their own during the Spanish Inquisition and these types of people. The Catholic religion is the largest pseudo-Christian cult on the planet. They are evil to the core. And again, if you have any doubts about this, about anything that I'm talking about today, go up to my website on Sermons Audio, my main homepage, go under the little box, the little search box, and click in any subject you want to know about, whether it's Catholicism, King James Bible, whatever. And you'll be able to get probably several sermons on a particular subject. So as the Da Vinci Code, going back to this article, as the, as the Da Vinci Code, as in the Da Vinci Code, this documentary relies to a great degree upon the secret society of the Priory de Zion. In fact, its representative, Nicholas Hayward, is interviewed at some length. Now, you talk about an evil-looking dude. This guy, this Nicholas Hayward, if it's the same guy I'm thinking of, he's this really long hair. This guy's eyes and features are so demonic and evil looking. I've rarely seen a person that looks as evil or demonically as infested as this guy. I, I, I'm just being honest here. Where do you see him? If you, if you go up there and watch this. But this one interesting statement is he made is that is that this particular history features the Masonic lodges with links to the Vatican. Now, that should be of no surprise to us either. These secret societies, although they may appear autonomous, are really at the head all linked up. Satan's at the head. You've got the top people at the top, and then you've got all of his tentacles going down. Certain factions could look as though they're warring against one another, but the reality is, is that it's all controlled conflict, controlled chaos to bring about a controlled outcome, which is really the essence of the Hegelian dialectic. When the movie speaks about the secrets the church is trying to hide, they line up with the Da Vinci Code movie, which identifies the church trying to hide the truth as the Roman Catholic Church. Well, that's true. Well, I, I'm sure the Roman Catholic Church, to a certain extent, has tried to hide many, many truths. Now, this truth, supposedly, they're saying here, is the truth about Jesus Christ. Okay? Which is really... They're using an evil institution, the Roman Catholic Church who has tried to hide a lot of things, like all the millions of people they've killed in the Inquisition and all the other unbiblical things they do. Yes, they've, they've tried to hide a lot of stuff over the years, but now they're trying to say, well, the same evil, wicked church is just trying to hide this thing about Jesus. And hey, there's a lot of history they can point back to and say, look, they tried to hide this, this, and this. Why wouldn't they try to hide this? See, they're, Satan's very good at what he does. It seems that this lie needs to be repeated at regular intervals so that its premise can be kept alive in the collective public consciousness of peoples around the world. 
I have done several teachings on this, even in the past year. Holy blood, holy grail things. There was that documentary on the History Channel about the lost tomb of Jesus. Um, I've done two or three teachings on this subject just in the last year. I don't think there's anything that gets me more fired up when you attack my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's almost like when I see stuff like this, I push everything else aside. And I pray it's the Holy Spirit telling me to do this, because when I see Jesus Christ attacked, then I kick into another gear, kind of, you know what I mean? I, I, want, I want to just jump on this information and disprove it as quickly as possible, or reiterate, you know, how we're being lied to here. If we go further... Remember, the propaganda maxim of Adolf Hitler taught so well, if you're going to tell a lie, make it a big lie. Okay, that's what Adolf Hitler said. A corollary to this maxim is, tell the big lie often enough and people will begin to believe it. See, when you've got different various and sundry sources coming out with the same lie, but different variations of it, after a while, it's like, man, it just must be true. Because look, I mean, there was a movie this year, there was a movie this year, there was a book that came out last year, it's on the news, I'm seeing it here, I'm seeing it there. They're just, Satan's trying to just chip away, chip, chip, chip away at the truth. This lie began in New Age bookstores over 20 years ago. And this is, uh, I believe, David Bay writing. He says, I first read of it in the New Age book, Holy Blood, Holy Grail. And this is where it all started. Okay. In 1992, since then this lie has been repackaged again and again, with the climax being the major motion picture, The Da Vinci Code. We have posted a most important article on The Da Vinci Code, which will help you understand the prophetic significance of this type of propaganda. Now, I'm going to go ahead and read excerpts from that, because it's very important to understand, if you're going to understand this Bloodline movie, you need to understand The Da Vinci Code. And then he said, uh, we've also created the video... Da Vinci Code Decoded Truth or Myth, which, if you have any questions about this, I would highly recommend you get the video. Because it's going to tell you a lot of the things more in detail than I can go into this study about the Da Vinci Code. Because it's important for you to understand the end times prophetic significance of this lie continually being repeated. And what it does mean is that the Antichrist is close. So now let's take a further look at that article on the Da Vinci Code. Um... This is from a little while back, right when the uh, Da Vinci Code was premiering. The subtitle is, Unless people believe the lie taught by the Da Vinci Code, they will not believe that the Masonic Christ, the free Masonic Antichrist, essentially, when he arises. Matthew chapter 1 is, is in the Bible precisely because the Messiah must prove his lineage back to King David. Well, it's not... It is in there, but it, it, that just all the more proves that it was Jesus Christ. The Da Vinci Code does this, though, for the Masonic Antichrist. That's what it's trying to prove. Okay, For the Jews, first, and then for the Gentiles. Because it's a bigger deal to the Jews that, they, that he proves his lineage back to the Antichrist. Or back to the um, King David. The Antichrist proves his lineage. If the Antichrist is going to prove his lineage back to King David so he can deceive the Jewish people into thinking he is their long-awaited Messiah, he must validate his lineage. The lie that validates his lineage back to Jesus is the Merovingian blood genealogy that the Da Vinci Code book, and now the movie, is teaching billions of people all over the world. This movie is the next huge publicizing 
of this obscure but critical occult doctrine. And it comes at the same time as so many other events are seemingly coming to a prophetic conclusion. The very fact that the lie propagated by this book-slash-movie is being released again and again so powerfully is another sign of the times. Now remember, this is a previous article to this Bloodline movie. This lie tells us that the appearance of the Masonic Antichrist is drawing near. You see, the Antichrist cannot arise until significant numbers of the people throughout the world believe the Merovingian bloodline lie. Now, if you want to know more about the Merovingian bloodline, I would recommend that you get Fritz Springmeier's book called The Thirteen Bloodlines of the Illuminati. Now, I know there's a lot of controversy about Fritz Springmeier, but I will say this. I have read a lot of Fritz's work, and I will have to say that much and most of what I read from Fritz Springmeier validates and confirms all of the research I've done regarding these subjects since I've been a Christian. Okay, so to throw everything that Fritz Springmeier has ever said out, like the baby with the bathwater, I think would be unwise. Particularly because it validates so much information that we're already... We already either know or that's upon us. Again, if and Doug brought up a good point. If it's the moral issues of Spring, Fritz Springmeier, the whole Bible verse about he was not sin, let him cast the first stone. I will say this. I corresponded with Fritz Springmeier in prison. He wrote me on several occasions. And it was about as humble of a correspondence as I have ever read. The last one I got from him, it was when he told me that he had... He was doing a Bible study and these types of things in the prison, and that some prison guy attacked him, and he got him on the down, on the ground, and he was basically using Fritz's head like a soccer ball, kicking him right in the face. And Fritz was saying that the only thing that was going through his mind at that point is he believed the Holy Spirit was telling him, don't fight back, don't fight back, just let it, you know. So, all I can say is that when I've corresponded with Fritz Springmeier, he's been very, very, very the way you would perceive a true Christian would act. Okay? I'm not saying the man's perfect. I know I'm not perfect. Okay? And think about this, too. If there was anybody on the planet that the Illuminati would want to try to discredit, I would believe he would be near the top of the list. Because if you can discredit the man, then you discredit all of his information. If you can discredit all of his information, then... We don't have, supposedly, any valid source to judge this. And I believe his 13 Families of the Illuminati Bloodline book was a very good book. Uh, I, basically, pretty much everything I've read uh, with his, he had a lot of great points. And I don't agree with everything. In his, none of us are going to ever agree on everything. I get a lot of emails all the time about, well, this ministry and that ministry and this one. And there's a lot of ministries that, None of us are all going to see eye to eye. The Bible says we see through a glass, but darkly. Okay, so none of us have it all figured out, including myself. Okay, and this is why it's so important to maintain humility before the Lord, because I believe a humble person, the Lord will continue to show truth to. Once you get proud and you think you're Mr. Smarty Pants, you got it all figured out, you're cutting off the flow from the Lord, essentially. It's, I may be oversimplifying. But, um, he brings up a lot of points that, uh, I have got confirmation on in other totally unrelated different sources. Now the Bible says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses a thing is established and that's one of the, the reasons I gauge a lot of what he said to be accurate. He's kind of, particularly toward the end, he kind of had more of a, uh, kind of a Christian, uh, 
Zionist little bit of a bent there that I don't really agree with, obviously. But, again, none of us are perfect. None of us have it all figured out. So, I just wanted to say that about Fritz. So, if we go further, the combination of Dan Brown's Da Vinci Code book and the movie about to be released by the same title is one of the most startling events in a long time. For it is a most effective conditioning tool to expose to people's consciousness a critical lie upon which the Antichrist will be absolutely will have to absolutely depend. Further, this lie occurs at a time when the events of the day seem to be moving toward more globalism than ever before. At this most critical time in world history, the Da Vinci Code exposed an obscure occult secret society lie that has been written about in New Age books. While the book Holy Blood, Holy Grail by Lincoln has sold over one million copies, and while TV programs have aired on this subject, all these former Aries absolutely pale in significance compared to the nearly 20 million books that Dan Brown's Da Vinci Code has sold. Since getting people to believe this lie is so very important to the appearance of Antichrist, let us now examine these lies told in the Da Vinci Code book. Here are just some of the lies in the Da Vinci Code. One, Jesus married Mary Magdalene and had a boy child. Now, in the Da Vinci Code, it's a boy child. In Bloodline, it's a girl child. Hey, you know, whatever. It's all lies, but they can't even get their lies straight, evidently. Mary fled with her daughter... Uh, Mary fled with her daughter, depending upon the assistance of friends. Now, hold on. It says, Mary Magdalene had a boy child after Mary fled with her daughter. In one of these accounts, they had three kids. So, who knows? Again. And then, Mary fled to a country not known, to now known as France. Ultimately, the son, now the daughter turned into a son, the son married into French nobility. From whom have sprung the monarchs of Europe, Great Britain, and even Russia? Okay, again, this is the Merovingian bloodline. To protect and preserve this secret bloodline lineage called the Merovingian bloodline, a secret society called the Priory, Priory of De Zion was established. Then, when the Antichrist arises, he will be able to demonstrate his unripped, uninterrupted Merovingian lineage all the way back to Jesus. According to Matthew chapter 1, once the Antichrist is plugged into Jesus, he is, quote, home free to King David. You get it? Once he can prove it to Jesus, he's home free to King David. This is just one of the many deceptions that are coming. Okay? Thus, will be fulfilled a most critical component of anyone trying to convince people that he is the Jewish Messiah. That he is descended directly from the lineage of King David. The most occult society exists today. No, this most occult society exists today and is still actively promoting and preserving this critical information. This is the priority of Zion. If you read Dan Brown's book, you need to strap your seatbelts on. For you shall be exposed to a mixture of truth and air. Now again, this isn't something I would have a baby Christian go immerse himself in. Okay? This is one of the reasons I do these teachings. So you don't have to go and expose yourself to this type of heresy. This is the reason I did that expose on the zeitgeist. So you don't have to go up there... And exposed. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have the faith to believe we can, but you need to be at a mature enough level as a Christian. You need to be weaned off the milk onto strong meat so that you can go and glean and see what this deception is. And again, you don't devote tons and tons and tons of time to this. But it is important to, to understand Satan's devices all the same. You will also see um, in this 
Da Vinci Code, New Age and Gnostic religious concepts to which you have made, you have you might have never known. In our best-selling video, Secret Mysteries of America's Beginnings, now this is David Bay, and I highly recommend that video. It's excellent. We reveal the, the key Gnostic lies which underpin the Da Vinci Code. And we tie this directly into the Gnosticism Knights Templar inherent in the National Treasure movie. Now, I don't know if you've seen this National Treasure movie. I don't advise going to see it, but it's got Nicolas Cage, who's one of the, you know, the top Hollywood actors. I mean, Da Vinci Code had, what, Tom Hanks, another one of the very, very top, top flight supposed actors. So they're pulling out all the stops here. But in this National Treasure movie... Um, it's basically a big movie about the Freemasons and how they've been these guardians and bastions of truth throughout the centuries, hidden away, and that they've actually been guarding these treasures, particularly in that movie it was King Solomon's treasure, and there's all this mystique and mystery surrounding them. But they're really good guys. You know, they're really here for humanity's benefit, ultimately. And that's how they want to portray themselves. And they've done a lot of damage control up on... Um, the TV lately, they've got a whole documentary on the Freemasons, where the first hour they give you all the conspiracy theories, and then the second hour they disprove them all. Okay, so they're trying to do a lot of damage control to kind of improve their uh, image. Brown's book is a slick psychological presentation that purports to present all sides of the subject but does so in such a way as to leave the impression with the viewer that the entire concept that Jesus might have been married to Mary Magdalene and produced an heir that is now the bloodline of European and British monarchies, they, that this actually might be true after all. In this discussion in the movie, the painter Leonardo da Vinci, we learn the following, that he was a powerful intellectual, that he believed that someday man could fly and even drew some depictions as how that might be possible, um, he was a student of human anatomy, that da Vinci was a man of reason in a day of fervent religious fervor. Now note, you could just read the words, unreasonable religious persecution in his words. In other words, da Vinci lived in a time when religious persecution by the Catholic Church was running rampant. Therefore, he had to be carefully conceal any message he wanted to give in his works of art. See, that's why all of this Da Vinci Code, it's a code. It wasn't obvious, because the religious persecution by the Catholic Church was so great at that time that he had to be very, very careful how he did things. And supposedly now we're just finally cracking this code hundreds of years later. And this is the whole mystery and mystique behind the movie, the Da Vinci Code. So, this is the kind of man who would hide the inner meaning inner meanings in his paintings. The kind of man who would hide in his paintings what he kept out of his notebooks, in other words. In 1495, da Vinci began painting The Last Supper, okay, which is where they have, you know, Jesus and the disciples. Brown resorts to telling people that we should see referring to the hidden meaning in the painting. He then points out a distinctive V created in the angle of Jesus' body on one side and John's body or is it Mary Magdalene's body on the left? Brown correctly stated that in medieval art, the V was a female symbol, the symbol of the female organ. Well, isn't that lovely? I mean, come on. But it says, Brown's position is that, that John was sitting to the right is really supposed to be Mary Magdalene. 
Indeed, when you look closely at the features, they seem to be distinctly feminine. The face is feminine, and the hair is curled like a woman's hair, and is very blonde. This person declares Brown is... This person declares Brown is Mary Magdalene. Okay, so it's not John, it's actually Mary Magdalene. Sitting, she is sitting next to Jesus, a most favored position on the table. Now, I could care less what da Vinci did. I could care less if he painted Mary Magdalene. That doesn't tell me or mean anything to me. What does that mean? Like, he was there at the Last Supper, he knows better? Give me a break. He was almost 1,500 years removed from the Last Supper. We're about 2,000. So, to me, it's irrelevant. Then, therefore, the question of the hour is obvious. If the person is really Mary Magdalene, who gave da Vinci this, quote, hidden knowledge? That Mary was married to Jesus. Now, this is the whole basic premise of Gnosticism, which means the word, the basically Gnostic means the word um, hidden occult knowledge. You know, that's hidden from the masses, hidden from the laity. Now, lo and behold, the answer is a secret society that gave them this knowledge. Once again, we see the secret role societies have played in the development of Western societies as we demonstrate in their video, Secret Mysteries of America's Beginning. The secret society that passed this dangerous knowledge down from generation to gen generation has been largely unknown. However, in the early 1960s, secret files were discovered in the French National Laboratory called Dossier's Secret. These ancient documents make several detailed references to a group called the Priory de Zion. This occult secret society listed many grandmasters throughout the centuries of the past, including some of the very famous names of painters and thinkers who stand in high estimation in Western European history. Some of these men were Sir Isaac Newton, Monticelli, Leonardo da Vinci, who was a grandmaster in 1510, now, see, he was heavily involved in the occult. Okay? So, you know, that doesn't really speak well for him. <laughs> so, the unspoken but clear message in all this recounting of names, a practice especially strong in the Freemasons, is that if this caliber of man was a high-ranking member of this organization, the organization must be highly prized. Of course, nothing could be further from the truth, for Satan is the lord of this world and fully capable of placing his men in the right positions of every, of every society in every area. Discerning Christians should never fall for this line of lies. Critics have posed three major questions. Is there something called the priory design? Number one. Two, how did it get this information? Three, what does it have to do with the legends of the, quote, Holy Grail? So, at this point, I have got several more pages. I think I'm going to go ahead and stop here at the end of part one, and we'll continue this for part two.